Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. You might have to show some compassion today and hug a douchebag. <laughs> okay. Because uh, Why? that cargo ship pulled a Titanic, the one that was carrying the thousands oh, of right. Porsches, Lamborghinis. Well, caught on fire. And Bentleys. Oh, it yeah. sunk? It sunk. Down it went. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, this huge cargo ship, it caught fire. And uh, they were transporting 4,000 luxury cars from Europe. And um, the Portuguese Navy rescued all the crew members, so that was good. A, a team tried to extinguish the fire, and they tried towing the ship to land, but the fire damaged it so much it took on a bunch of water, tipped over, and went down. Imagine trying to save that thing from tipping. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> a little left, go a little left. Uh, so they're still not sure what caused the fire. But the captain of the ship says one of the batteries in the electric cars ignited and it became impossible for the crew to put the fire out without special equipment. So it got real serious real fast. Right. So the ship was abandoned when it sank and all the cars, they say, will be covered by insurance. So I guess that's good news. Although with the cost of that, your 09 Camry is now going to run you $700 a month to insure. Uh, the bad yeah, news is that... What companies have to eat that? Oh, yeah. Well, they won't. No. We, we will. Yeah. Uh, the bad news is that uh, this could be a major environmental mess. The ship was carrying 2,000 metric tons of fuel and another 2,000 metric tons of oil. Oy. Yeah, and I guess a lot of those cars had been on back orders, special orders, custom makes. Like 4,000 cars. So what does the average Porsche, and these are not all average Porsches or Lamborghinis no, or Bentleys. High end. Man, that dollar bill. Yeah. And what that bill's got to be. Uh-huh. You could have paid for the penis enlargement surgery. <laughs> <laughs> you you would have been farther ahead. You should reach out to your buddy at Lamborghini now. We're all around. See? <laughs> I'm sure it would be easy to get one now. <laughs> he reached out to me, actually, after, after the hockey night. He said, hey, you know, you can place an order if you like. Wow. You know, now that you're in Hockey Night in Canada. Sure. So I, I responded that I, I'm sure now that I'm with Hockey Night in Canada, the mm. price has gone down. Of course. Right? Yes. You know, the celebrity status thing. Yeah, you and, you, you're very similar to like a Bob Cole. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, and Bobby. Two games in. <laughs> Ottawa. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> he responded that uh, maybe Austin right. could get one. Right. But... No. It's funny how everybody thinks you're making the big Rogers NHL hockey yeah, they now, jump, eh? jump on that bandwagon really quick. Buddy of ours wants to get together for lunch and wants you to pick up the tab at a high-end steakhouse. Not he, happening. Because <laughs> he figures you're, not happening. you're just rolling in it. I always think this stuff is impressive. Researchers found the fossils of an ancient freshwater crocodile. Freshwater crocodile. Okay. From 95 million years ago. And they even could figure out the last thing he ate. He ate a baby dinosaur. Oh. I can't find my keys. <laughs> Researchers are finding fossils from 95 million years ago. Wow. That's pretty impressive. And I've said this in the past, and it happens every now and then. I read a story about um, uh, medical science and, and research they're doing and, and the, the diseases they're curing. And I... Uh, I've always had this feeling in my gut that by the time I reach a certain senior age, everything will be cured. I'll live forever. Nothing's going to get me. Doctors are going to have a pill for everything by the time I, I need them. 
And this is another example. Doctors think that they've cured a woman of HIV for the first time. She's the fourth person to be cured using stem cells. The other three were men. Mm. So if they can now cure it in women, that means done. That's off the table. The wow. HIV. So I can get back to sharing needles. The whole thing. <laughs> Uh, and they found that there are more organ transplants than ever before, meaning a lot of people are willing to, when they pass away, oh, donate. donate their organs, which is terrific. Because I'm going to need all of them. So <laughs> keep donating. You know what you're going to run into is that there will be a pill for everything, mm. but they'll, they'll combat each other. Right. Like they won't work together. <laughs> so <laughs> your, your pill for your heart disease yeah. And your pill for <laughs> your, uh, your your little wang in, in problem yeah. there. They're gonna you can't have they can't have them both. Let me tell you, they they haven't interrupted each other so far. <laughs> they work just fine together. <laughs> we could be going back to the office soon. We could be going back to a lot of things as uh, we start to uh, loosen the old uh, the belt around the the COVID. And uh, so people were asked about annoying things at the office. And things are going to have to get used to again, like coworkers talking too loudly when you're trying to work. Uh-huh. Although you've probably been used to the kids yelling and talking too loudly when you're trying to work. Right. Yeah, but during the day you can get some work done mm. when they're at school. So that, that distraction factor could be could be big for some. It's funny how we, you know, we just, we, we um, in life, whenever the, the pressure is on or the chips are down, we just, we, we marshal through. And some get through and some sadly don't. And we struggle. But, you, you know, you you look back, like there's going to come a time when your boys, and it's getting closer all the time, when your boys are in school and Adrian is back at work and you're going to go in the house and you think back to that first like year when it was the four of you in that house constantly. Right, yeah. And you didn't kill each other. <laughs> Maybe close. Well, well, you haven't seen them in a little while. You never know. Um yeah, you know what? I think some people are going to have to adjust as well to, you know, the fact that when you're at home, you probably tend to get up and move around a little more, mm. right? You probably sit more at your desk in the office mm-hmm. than you do at home. Not that you're up and not doing things. It's just you're probably more likely to just get up and run to the bathroom because it's right there in your sure. own house rather than, rather than wait for a lunch break to do it. Right. Oh, yeah. No, there'll be a, it'll be very interesting. I know Google is already talking to their employees, and I'm sure many companies are having meetings about transitioning back to office work. And uh, Google says as much as they want people to come to the office, they're very open to remote working, and that's all fine with them. But they are getting rid of uh, in-person meetings. So no more around the boardroom, uh, I guess, than an attempt to try to keep uh, people you know, a little distance and not spitting and spraying all over each other, especially okay. someone who comes in with a head cold. You want to send that memo to the higher-ups here? That... <laughs> we don't, do we own a boardroom? Do we have one? We have one. Yeah. It's, it's full of junk, but... Yeah, I mean, who knows? I, well, I'm sure when uh, when we get back to it and management is here, the first thing they'll want to do is have a good 18-hour <laughs> chin waggle <laughs> about all sorts of things that mean nothing to either of us. Uh, we don't want to go back to the office with coworkers who are coming to work sick. That's more, of course, painfully obvious. And look, you don't have to go to work if you've got a head cold and you can work remotely. Now, if you work in a warehouse or you're a mechanic or you do something hands-on, then, of course, you've got to be there. But for our office staff, if you've got the sniffles, stay home and work remotely. 
Imagine it. Now, listen, I, a lot of people have been back at work and back in the regular environment for some time now. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of a moot point to them. But there are some offices that just haven't reopened yet, mm. uh, especially the big downtown ones. Could you imagine those first conversations when you get back in and see those people? Mm. You know, what have you been up to the last two years? <laughs> and what will their answers be? Like, nothing. Nothing? Or will they give you the laundry list of everyone they know? That caught COVID or had some sort of health issue over the last two years. Working hard or hardly working? <laughs> Living the dream. Oh, God, you just want to punch somebody. We'll be uh, getting back and be to the office and we'll be annoyed with slow computers and IT issues and people who leave all their crap at the uh, kitchen sink. Gross bathrooms, close talkers, which is always a problem. Right. That's always been an issue. Smelly lunches and brown nosers. These are the... People that we don't want to have to be around again, but will be. And, and you know, I, it's funny. I think a lot of companies are probably even hesitant to start having these conversations because it's all still too fresh. Yeah. You know, I think so many people are, if, if they haven't gone back, and you're right, so many of us have. I'm sure the numbers are probably, they weigh more to the people who have gone back than the opposing side. I don't, I don't know really, well, I guess outside of our staff, I, I don't know of anybody that isn't back to work. Uh, downtown, I know some of the financial really? places and stuff aren't, aren't back, and some are talking about not even going back mm. uh, just because they've been able to to adapt so well mm-hmm. to working remotely. Right. But it'd be interesting when, you know, you have 19,000 people crime, cramming themselves into the Scotiabank for a Raptors or Leaf mm-hmm. game, but don't want to go back into the office. No, I know. Hey, how come I saw you in the Leaf game, but all of a sudden you're panicked of... Having to be in a room uh, with me. And, and of course, like just the transit. You know, imagine, you know, the first time that you got to go back down into the subway. You know, nose to right, nose yeah. with somebody. It's, it'll, be, uh, it'll be tough to do. Well, I think even when they drop the masks, they're going to keep masks going in those environments. Subway and mm-hmm. public transit, that type of thing. I wear mine so much now, I forget it's on. Like, I'll go home. <laughs> I'll have it on. I'll eat. I'll go, oh, Jesus, I got the mask on. I'll be making love. Right. And Maria will say... No, put it up higher. Keep, keep the mask on. <laughs> well, over 2,000 people were asked this question. If you walk into a public bathroom with three empty stalls, which one do you use? The one closest to the entrance, the middle stall, or the one farthest from the entrance? Uh, I would say the middle stall would be my last choice. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be surrounded uh, by poopers. Uh, probably the furthest away... But you got to do a door kick to see what the state of that bathroom is first. I, I'm going to be honest, and I know this is wrong. I always use the one with the most square footage. Right. Okay. I go into that stall, and yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I'm always worried somebody's going to come in who really needs it. Right. But I, it has a handicap sign on it. You use it? I use it. Oh. I like to spread my stuff out. Wow. You? Uh, I mean, yes, if, it, if, I, if it's available. But not if it had a if it had a, a, a designated sign for uh, like wheelchair or handicap accessible that I wouldn't use it. Even if there was nobody else in there, right. no, because you don't know who's coming in. I think you're uh, I think you're lying. Oh, what okay. about when the kids were little and they, you needed to spread stuff out? Right. Again, if it was, they usually have family bathrooms at that point. I think I think you're trying to look good. <laughs> I think you've committed the crime just like I have. You just don't want to look bad. <laughs> Um, so when these 2,000 people were asked, uh, people were three times more likely to choose the stall farthest from the door. Yes. The middle stall, the most, uh, isn't popular and the first stall isn't either. 
So, yes, we want to try to distance ourselves from people. Mm-hmm. I've always gone the, uh, especially if you go to like those uh, on routes, 401, right. and they got lots of stalls, I'll always give it one stall. One stall difference. Oh, de- definitely. You know, I, I even find it ignorant if I'm in the stall sitting there and a guy comes in and sits right down in the stall beside me. I right. want to knock on the wall and say, <laughs> move one over. It's ignorant. <laughs> You're ignorant, man. <laughs> Anyhow, is there, is there a worse job? You know, you see, you, you, you go into those things and you see those poor buggers who are in there cleaning them up every hour or yeah. so. Just like, oh, my God. Well, because people are disgusting. Yeah. Especially when it's not our own stuff. We're horrible. Oh, some of the things you've seen when you do that door kick. It's just... Yeah. It's insane. Or if you've ever gone into, like, any kind of nightclub bathroom. Oh. They are just the worst. They're just the worst. I I remember there was a place downtown that we could drink at um, underage, so we'd go there all the time. And you literally would drown in the urine that was all over the floor right. in the in this bathroom. And and I don't know if they ever cleaned it because every time I was there, it was the same disaster. <laughs> have to swim through urine to the toilet. I hope you haven't taken like a big box of uh, old VHS tapes. Perhaps you had them in the basement. I hope you haven't taken any of those and just tossed them away because um, a uh, a VHS tape, a first print VHS tape. So that I'm sure means something. Um, a VHS tape of the Terminator just sold for $32,000 in an online auction. What? It's in near perfect condition and sold within three days. Um, so it looks like now we're at a point where VHS tapes are considered ancient relics and sell for thousands of dollars. And I've got, I got a few of them still in the basement. Like, uh, like you know, kids old Disney movies and such. Right. I've got uh, Pam and Tommy on VHS. Oh. <laughs> Debbie does Dallas, that type of thing. In the cottage, we've got a few classics. Mm -hmm. Remember, speaking of like Debbie does Dallas, there was a time, and it wasn't that long ago, but everything seems like a million years ago now, where you had your blockbuster, your family video, your circus video, the mom and pop shops, but if you wanted anything risque, porn-wise, you had to go either behind the squeaky door at the video store or there would be these individual little places that sold nothing but I, porn I think tapes. There are still some of them. There are, eh? Right. I like really, not the video shops with yeah, like it's like saloon doors they'd have at the back. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. Breaking into a western tavern. <laughs> when I uh years ago uh in radio, sometimes you'd want to take a, a clip from a movie <laughs> if you were playing some kind of game with the listeners or something, guess the film or whatever it was. So I'd always have to go to the, like the local video store and, and rent these movies during the week, whatever we decided we were going to use. And then I think occasionally, just for fun, we'd go take something like... But it was never really hardcore there. It was like Bedroom Eyes 3. Like right, it was soft yeah. porn you got. Some kind of Shannon Tweed film or something. <laughs> and so... um uh, so it was always so embarrassing because I'd be there and like the Blockbuster, it wasn't Blockbuster because they didn't do that, but the other place, it'd be like 10 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday and it'd be a young girl working the cash and there I am writing, renting Night Nurse 3. <laughs> Teenage boob freaks. Those, those saloon doors should have had a music that went, you know, with them. Yeah. Like not the, the old spaghetti western like, ooh. The porn music. Yeah, or something like that. It was like, here comes yeah. a pervert. Yeah. yeah. And I'd be trying to tell it, it's for work. It's for work. I'm not <laughs> yeah. going on. Yeah. Although I did go home and watch it. For research. That's right. That's right. But yeah, these old shops used to exist. And as Malecki says, they're still around. I remember going by one that had a going out of business sale, like everything like 
70% off or something. It started at like 40% off, then it dropped, and it went more, it was 60%, 70%, 80%. And I think finally I said, well, for 80%, who wouldn't, uh, 80% off, can't, you know, pass up a sales son, who wouldn't go in and find themselves a video? Right. I remember going in, and they had the original price on these VHS porn tapes, and they were like $80. What? Yes. Yeah. Like crazy expensive. Oh, stupid expensive for something that you're going to use for about 15 seconds. <laughs> and the same scene. You find yourself your favorite scene. That's all I've heard. And you leave it right there. That's <laughs> all I've heard. You got to put it back in and rewind. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if you got VHS tapes in the basement, don't, uh, don't turn from them. Might be worth something. Rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.